Hey, I'm Nick from NRX Landscaping. And I'm Rocco from NRX Landscaping. And, and I, I am, am a hardscaper. <laughs> Welcome to the I Am A Hardscaper series on the How To Hardscape podcast, where we sit down and interview a hardscape business owner and do a deep dive on how they became a hardscaper and how they operate their business. This interview is with Nick and Rocco of NRX Landscaping, and I had the privilege of going to actually visit one of their finished jobs in November. That video that I put together there, which also has a little bit more of an interview to it, is gonna be live on our I Am A Hardscaper YouTube channel tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. So you can check out that if you want to learn more about Nick and Rocco, see their faces, as well as see this beautiful, unique driveway job that they did. Again, that's I Am A Hardscaper, YouTube, and subscribe to us while you are there. Also, today is the last day to get in on a discounted price for your first three months on members.howtohardscape.com if you want access to the content that we are putting out there. Again, just go to members.howtohardscape.com to learn more about what we've got going on there. Now, let's get into today's episode. All right, guys, let's get started here to get to learn a little bit more about the two of you, how you guys got started in this industry, what led you to today to start your business. Uh, can you give us a little bit of context, a little bit of background, whoever wants to start, wants to start us off with this? Well, I guess I'll start. Um, I guess um, I've been in the industry since 2006, um, and it was just a completely random occurrence. Um, we were just looking for a job right out of high school. Um, before I started university, and uh, we had a guy, his name was Joel, a very kind of unique, funny character, and he had this little landscaping thing going, um, and he had us uh, kind of doing a driveway our very first day, uh, just carrying bricks around, we were getting like 12 bucks an hour, 18 years old, we were living the dream, and um, so that's how I first got into it, so my first year my responsibilities were actually pretty, um, pretty big. Um, right off the bat, just, just general labor, uh, carrying bricks around, putting them, installing them. And then before I knew it, within a couple of months, I had a, a quick cut in my, in my hands and I was, I was cutting pavers and doing kind of like long straight cuts. I had a good, good hang of it. Um, so I was doing that while I was in university. Um, I was in university from September to April, then April hits. Um, and then every year I'd be doing uh, landscaping, uh, hardscape, specifically hardscaping, um, until I graduated university. And then I got a job at, at a bank um, in 2012. And that didn't go too well. I was a financial advisor and uh, don't ask me for financial advice because <laughs> all I know is hardscaping. So um, yeah, that didn't, that didn't go out, go very well and kind of, kind of stopped working there and um, thought to myself, you know what I love doing? I love installing pavers. I love installing walls, I love creating, you know, fun, beautiful things, even though I wasn't as creative as I am right now. Um, and then I started kind of my own business, started going door to door and um, asking people if they want to repair their interlock. And eventually we got, pretty big job and Rocco came on board with me and I guess Rocco you want to tell yeah my for sure so I I actually started off as a teacher I work uh well I still am currently employed by the Toronto District School Board so uh during the summers I didn't have anything to do I was unemployed and I was an occasional teacher so I was in a supply teacher and I wasn't getting paid for anything 
uh, during the summer. So that's when I reached out to Nick. Nick and I uh, are in the same group of friends. So I got his information from a friend, whatever contacted him. And he, at this point, he was already finished at the bank and started working on some projects. So I reached out to him. We did a couple jobs together. Uh, and then I think our turning point is one of our jobs wasn't that big. Maybe I think it ended up being like 30K, but it was a full backyard. It was like, you know, unprecedented for us. And it was just us two. So during that summer, we uh, teamed up and it was just us two. We ended up getting that Thomas halfway through the job. So we did everything by hand. We used maybe a hammer and a pickaxe for this entire job. And then that was towards the end of August. And then uh, Nick asked me if I wanted to become partner. Uh, and I'm like, you know what? I saw the potential. I saw, you know, it was, it was nice being outdoors. You were your own boss. You're doing, you're, you're basically eat what you kill. And I, I just loved the idea of how much this business could grow. And then that was maybe six, seven. Well, when was that? Well, that was 2015. That was 2015. 2015. Yeah, so 2015. Yeah. So Nick's been in the game a lot longer than I have. But ever since we started teaming up, we've just been pushing each other. You know, I push, he pushes, and then we kind of, this is where we are now. That's really uh, an interesting story. And it's nice to have the two of you on the show to dive a little bit deeper into this. Uh, Nick, you started in the industry like right around the time I did. And same thing with me. I started, uh, you know, after university in that short four month season, uh, working for a supplier though. So a little bit different there. What, uh, what made you kind of fall in love into the industry? especially when you start working for a bank and then you decide to come back to the industry. What was that kind of point in, in time where you decided to go all in on this industry? Well, I had that, I had that comparison. So I, I was working as I was working, doing interlocking and uh, doing driveways and patios and I was good at it. So, that, you know, when you, when you're good at something, you start to enjoy it more. Like you just kind of, you, you, you kind of go in that direction. So the bank stuff, um, I realized that every morning I would wake up, and I wasn't looking forward to going to work. And when that kind of, when that finished, I, I was, I was almost relieved. I, I, I did. I got, I got dismissed from my position. So it's not like it was, <laughs> it was my own idea to leave the bank. Um, I, like, I was like, I, you I were nailing people, it. I tell people, <laughs> I tell people it was mutual. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so when I, when I got out of that position, I was, I kind of had nothing, you know, I, I finished, I was, wasn't working at the bank, I had no income. And I'm like, you know, what do I really love doing? I love, I love landscaping and hardscaping. Um, and I just, I, that, I didn't have a truck. And I, I, I knew, <laughs> I, I knew what I was capable of doing just by myself. So I was just knocking on doors. For, didn't you, for didn't you have a Civic at this time? I had a Civic. Yeah. I had a Honda <laughs> Civic. This is 20, 2013. Um, in the summer of 2013 so just wow not even nine years ago when they kind of like really and at this point i had i had about six years of like partial experience so i i, I can i can definitely install a driveway i knew how to install a patio um my creativity wasn't like kind of what it is now but um i i had i had i definitely had the basics i, I knew the basics um and then i i what i did know is that i loved I love doing this. I love this job. Um, and that, at that point, like, mind you, I don't, I, it was a lot harder back then because I, like Rocco said, we didn't have, we didn't have the equipment that we have now. It was a lot of hand manual labor. Jobs took a lot longer. So something that would take us 
two or three days right now. It took us like at least a couple of weeks back then without the equipment. And, but it was just so rewarding. I, I, I loved it. I, I loved seeing like kind of what I did and, and we always did a good job. Even back then, like, even though it didn't look as good as it does now, we always looked at our projects and we knew that they would, they're, they're going to stay last for a while. And, and I feel like that's why we're here now is because people actually see that we do care. Yeah. And like there's, at that point, there was hardly anything on a project that Nick or I didn't touch. There weren't employees, you know, we had maybe one guy to help out, but every single aspect of every project that we did during the early stages, we had our hands on. Definitely. And so then getting to where Rocco comes into the picture with this, Rocco, what made you, uh, you know, not necessarily give up becoming a teacher, but like kind of shift your focus from teaching, which is a, a good job in Ontario, yeah. right? And, and the yeah, benefits yeah. that come with that. Uh, it's a difficult thing to to make that shift into hardscaping and decided to, to go into this. Can you speak on that a little bit? You know what? Interestingly, I found a lot of parallels between uh, the business, the construction, landscaping, and also teaching. There was a lot of organization, which, you know, we're still learning today, uh, maybe delegating tasks and organizing a group of people and then understanding, you know, time frames and managing your time. So scheduling, that was all, I was pretty used to it, you know, especially if you're managing, you know, a bunch of kids, <laughs> sometimes it's a little bit trickier with, you know, a bunch of employees. Um, so that's, that's how, that's the parallels that I found in teaching and hardscaping. And also I found that with, hardscape construction, a lot of it is in your own hands. There's so much creative, uh, creative freedom. Like I put in my own hours. There were times, uh, you know, when Nick and I first started where, you know, he wanted to go to work on a Saturday or Sunday, or, or, and I wanted to go to work on a Saturday, but we could do that. We could go in whenever we wanted, put in our own hours. And, you know, there were times where we would not take a day off for like a month at a time. Yeah. You know, for teaching, it was you're in eight and then you're out at three. And then, you know, for the rest of the day, what am I doing? <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I much enjoyed how much freedom there was in landscaping. Gotcha. Very much so. So let's set some context up uh, pre-Rocco. So pre-Rocco joining the business here. Nick, mm -hmm. what were your projects like there? Uh, what kind of projects were you taking on? Uh, can you give us just sort of uh, a little bit of some summary as to what the business looked like back then? Sure. Um, so back then, I actually I did have one piece of equipment. It was a little ramrod uh, stand behind skid steer, and I got it from like it was in horrible condition, and it uh, barely yeah. ran, and it blew on, the engine blew on me within the first couple weeks of me using it, and I had to repair, replace the engine. Um, what my projects look like? Uh, they're small. They're small. Um, they're they weren't. Um, they were they were a lot of repair work. So a lot of repair work, um, which I, I hated doing. I hated repairing projects because a lot of, when you're doing a repair job, <clears throat> it's hard to convince a client to do a replacement of an aggregate base and then using the same materials. It doesn't even make sense at some points. And it's very difficult for especially intricate repair jobs for it to go in the same way it was before you had taken it out. Um, but those that's what I was doing. I was doing very small um kind of uh, some like little driveway extensions, some garden beds. Um, yeah, like with those kinds of projects, once you start taking something apart, you never know what you're going to find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was a lot of, 
a lot of times and like you know what i would just i would just eat it a lot of the times because like i don't i wasn't i wasn't super well adversed into um how to charge accordingly um i i, I made some money um uh, back then but it, it was <laughs> it was a lot of learning so before Rocco came he, he missed out on a lot of um kind of really badly priced projects where <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't making money and I've had situations where I was so desperate to get a job in the beginning that I, I, I lost money on a project especially with um, things that were breaking down on me which I wasn't expecting um, I, I put a lot of I, I got a truck finally at this point like uh, like an older GMC Sierra like a 1500 um, I had a little trailer and I got this little ramrod and I thought, you know what, I got a saw and a tamper and I'm set and I can do anything, any project. Boy, was I wrong. And I had a lot of, um, it was at that point, uh, it was a lot of um, kind of inconsistent employees. So I was getting guys that would come in for three, four days at a time and then they get tired and they don't want to come in anymore. And that was my pro problem. And I didn't have anybody that was very consistent. So when I found out that Rock was interested in working in the summer, um, and then I saw that he didn't leave after a week, <laughs> and uh, here seven, eight years later, he's still around. Um, yeah, definitely, it's it's uh, it's not a rarity, but it's it's something that you really have to take uh, advantage of um, when you, when you find guys that have share the same kind of passion, um, whether it be employees or co-owner. Um, it's very nice to have, and and it's. Um, it's it's we have guys now that kind of share our passion and it's nice nice to see nice to see what they started as like the slavers and then what they're at now yeah so i'm getting off topic but yeah that's no that that's great and i i like this idea of bringing on a partner uh and and recognizing that in your business and and whoever wants to take this nick or rocco but what was it what was the value add in terms of Rocco coming on and Nick, like, are you guys, what are you guys good at that complements the other person that made oh, the partnership like, this is a work? Great, it's a great question. And <laughs> yeah. this is what, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm going to start off. Sorry, Rocco. Yeah, that's okay. um, well, I, I knew what I was good at and I knew what, what I wasn't very good at. And that's what the organization aspect, the business aspect, the uh, clients, the emails, um, kind of getting everybody on board. I have the skill to to get a project done Rocco has the organization um so when he came on board that kind of really catapulted us into the next level in terms of uh, our ability to, to deal with clients our ability to um organize like just a, a bigger job altogether like we can it's very structured now uh, compared to how it was before before it was just wing and then now um we're able to take on kind of pretty much any project that we're, we're given so we can... yeah like one of our uh, one of our first projects uh the inks <laughs> i don't know if i'm allowed to say the names but anyways that was when we first started originally together and uh i just joined on board and i kind of i followed nick's lead because you know he he was in the industry i knew what he, he knew what he was doing and i trusted him so um at this time we weren't we didn't have uh, any contracts with our clients. I mean, it was kind of more just like, yeah. yeah, okay, let's do this. This is the price. Yeah, handshake deal. Let's do it. Okay, that's yeah. it. So this project started out maybe, uh, you know, remove a few trees. We want a patio here, this and that. 
So we're, uh, we're like, okay, yeah, let's do it. We're going to do it. This is the price. Anyways, we did it. Clients come back. It was one of the rental properties. So the clients come back and then she says, oh, can you actually get rid of this pond? And actually, can you get rid of these trees? And actually, I want you to do some flags some in the back or in the front. So can you do that as well? And we're just like, yeah, no problem. And we're thinking to ourselves, oh, this is uh, turning into a big job. So we started <laughs> adding up these numbers, but we didn't have a contract. So Nick and I are just writing these numbers down. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, flags, and that'll be, you know, <laughs> completely disregarding any of the input of the clients. We're just, we did this on our own, the prices. Finish everything. It was like full backyard. Then we did some stuff in the front yard. We go to the clients and say, hey, this is the total. You know, we added everything up. Here's the total. And they said, what are you talking about? This is not what we agreed <laughs> upon. Listen. And then uh, they actually had a third person come and mediate this uh, conversation. So it was the real estate agent. And the real estate agent said, hey, listen, um, they're not going to pay this. Uh, you need to either get a lawyer and you can try and sue us to get it. Or, <laughs> you know, you could just take what we're going to give you. And Nick and I were like, I guess, yeah, we'll just, uh, I guess we'll take it. <laughs> and then that was that. And actually, we've done so many more projects with these clients. They're actually, you know, we, we've celebrated Chinese New Year with them several years in a row. So it turned into a long-lasting business-friendly relationship. But that first project, it was uh, <laughs> it's quite the doozy. That's the kind of disorganization <laughs> I was uh, accustomed to. <laughs> So yeah, now we have everything, you know, everything is like filed, everything is signed, everything is recorded, there's a paper trail for everything, all invoices, like that's, that's kind of now bringing Nick's creativity and Nick's way of uh, creating, uh, you know, and also protecting us. Definitely. And I, I, yeah, I like that. I like that story. I like that progression because it's, you know, it's not uh, uncommon in this industry to hear <laughs> kind of that, uh, especially when it comes to change orders. Right. And that's, that's a very common thing that people kind of struggle with uh, and getting that pricing. And, and uh, it's a great story to go along with that. When, when Rocco comes on in the business, what do the projects start to look more like? What, what, actually, I want to ask this differently. I want to ask, was there an intentional shift in your business uh, towards the projects that you start to take on that, that, you have today, which are these, you know, be beautifully designed interlock backyard outdoor living spaces. Was there an intentional shift from those, pr those uh, prior projects to the yeah, projects yeah. you're taking on today? For sure. For sure. Nick, you want us to talk about uh, maybe Morrow's? I think that's where it all came Yeah, out. that's, so we had a big project. Um, so let's say, so we started doing like outdoor kitchens, I think 2017. Um, we started actually 2016, 2017, we started doing some bigger projects. Um, Kind of more intricate driveways we started paying a lot more attention to um designs um rather than just kind of somebody says do a driveway and we just like we have a go-to brick and we just like whatever's the cheapest no we started taking that whole idea and throwing it out um and then um this one project in particular uh 2018 or 2019 it was it wasn't very um long ago it's pretty recent let's say four years ago where I have like a like a like a little notebook of design inspiration, um, and I have like just a bunch of random pictures, whether it be um, like a kitchen design or some kind of tiling that I saw, or some like old cobblestones from the 
cool little designs from like the 1500s or whatever. Um, and I have this little book that I like, not a book, it's, it's in my phone, it's a little folder that I have. It's, and then now I see a lot of really cool companies. Um, I got I got some designs from uh, Zamco's group Zamco. I really like their designs. And at this point, they were kind of um, doing things that I hadn't seen before. Which I and I thought to myself, you know what? Like I want to start taking these kind of risks because you know, like it looks amazing, but you just don't see it. People, it takes a special kind of not just installer, but it takes a special kind of client to kind of take it in. So it all it has to start somewhere. So you have to find a client that's kind of crazy enough to um, let. Like it, it was hard for for me to say, you know what? Like here's this cool trespass pattern. Um, I really want to do it in your backyard. I want to separate the backyard to three different sections and then one of them have it on a uh, like lateral and then I want to do a diagonal on this section and then the guy's just like, you know what, just do it, just do it. And it, that one client had kind of opened up a lot of doors for us. So we did some really, a really cool outdoor kitchen there and uh, the whole full back, like full backyard side front. Um, and we did some really cool design with some cool carpet inlays um, we separated the backyard into different sections, kind of were how how we envisioned the, the layout of the backyard where a, a dining area, I wanted to have its own section, almost like almost like a, the interior of a house without the walls. So you have your dining room, you have your living room, but it's all in one open space, right? And you can still kind of designate those areas by just creating different patterns on the ground. Yeah. So this client let us do something really kind of out there. And I remember there was other contractors that kind of peeking around and like looking at our work and we were super eager to invite them into the backyard and say, <laughs> hey, come, come, look, come look at our work. And so, and then they'd come to the backyard and like, they would be like, wow, you know what? I've never seen anything like this. And it really pops. And that like, it's like a drug that <laughs> gets you like, like that kind of, um, assertion and it kind of like it just it really gets you going so since then every single project i've been like just dying to try something new and like i have a, this inspiration folder that i have it's not something that just off the top of my head yeah i do I'll, I'll take an idea and then i'll i'll kind of make it my own but these are ideas are not just invented within me like I'm, I'm using inspiration from a lot of different companies um and we'll, we'll talk about the companies that i really look up to in a bit um but since i think 2018 2019 is when our projects start to look more like what you're seeing now Definitely. yeah i think it all started with uh, the trust in that client and then once we did that project and that client trusted us and loved the final project it kind of it boosted our confidence thinking, you know what, the designs that we like and that we want to, you know, inlay, those designs are wanted by people now. Now that we know that, you know what, you can trust us because what we do and what we like, you're going to like it. We know it now. So like usually when we meet clients, um, we'll, we'll like offer um, design ideas and then we can kind of tailor it. I'm getting too far ahead. Sorry. <laughs> No, that's yeah. Totally but yeah, that original project, it gave us so much confidence to kind of go out there and then really start, you know, blending five, six different bricks into one little inlay. So uh, yeah, it was a big, it was a big step, I think. 
with that intentional shift and getting that project, did that change where your leads were started to come from? Uh, did you notice any change in where your leads were coming from and where, where was that? If you could get into that. So I, I mean, I think I can answer this one. Uh, we, so when Nick and I first started, we did a lot of door-to-door aeration. So we, we were in aeration. We did lawn maintenance. We had a couple of aeration machines. Uh, there was decent money in it. So we actually went door to door. We went to all around Richmond Hill, Vaughn, all around GTA going door to door. And we would ask them for aeration. While we were doing that, if, you know, we would also sell ourselves that, hey, we also do interlock. And we would put a business card in every person's hand. Uh, you know, during that time, we would get a lot of leads from random people from all over the GTA because, you know, we, we went door to door and we talked to every single person in the neighborhood and gave our cards to everyone. So at that point it was pretty random and people would call us and they would, they would ask us to do interlock job and they would say, no, one brick, this, that, uh, this is what I want. Uh, can you do it? Yes or no. And it was more of them steering the conversation, telling us what to do and how to do it. Um, ever since whatever that project, I think it was 2018, 2019, the shift moved over to uh, clients reaching out to us because they like our designs now. So now we would say that after that switch, yeah, we're getting, we don't really advertise anymore. We don't go to door to door anymore. It's all word of mouth. And a lot of our clients are actually repeat clients. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most of our clients right now are uh, just referrals. And it's like, um, we don't do really yeah. much advertising other than like, just kind of promoting ourselves on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Um, all of our clients are referrals, essentially. Um, we've we've had yeah we've had a couple projects that have closed through somebody reaching out to us from Instagram, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's really cool, and that's like all thanks to um, yourself and and yeah. guys are putting us out there and kind of increasing our, our popularity, um, which we really appreciate. Um, yeah, so a lot of our projects are, we do a really cool project for somebody, really, really cool backyard patio with a gas fire pit, and then they have a little get together. And then next thing you know, we get calls from three of their yeah. friends and they all kind of want, and our, our clientele, it, it's, it's a little bit more like uh, upscale. So we have, we have that kind of, and we grew into this. So it's not like we started um, going to the most prominent areas in Toronto and right off the bat and just started saying, hey, can you like, me, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's we we grew into this. So eventually, if you 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 get you do a job, you get lucky enough to do a, a big project that's uh, going to be seen by a lot of people, and then the next thing you know, and you're you're kind of picking and choosing um, where you want to work and what kind of jobs you want to do, and you're picking and choosing your clients based on their um, kind of openness to your design ideas. And and mind you, we're not we're not too like set in stone about like if this client if we're a little getting a little crazy with a client. And they'll let us know, which happens to me quite a lot, quite a bit, because I, <laughs> so I don't know where to stop. Like I just like kind of want to do the craziest thing imaginable and like, make it super difficult for myself <laughs> and for our I guys. Say, uh, Nick, man, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna put like a hex inside of like a linear. Yeah, anyways, it's just. Like, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and then now, kind of the clients that we talk to nowadays, they 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 know what we're about. And it's very rare to have a client that we like we come, we come to the door and they say and we ask them oh have you seen any of our work and it's funny because sometimes um let's say it's a husband and wife team um and the wife will say yeah i've seen all your work and the husband goes i haven't seen any of your work 
And I'm like, oh, well, this is kind of what we do. And he goes, oh, okay. I Now I <laughs> I see, I see. I know why my wife called me. Yeah. yeah. So, That's yeah, true. we usually had, we had a direction in which we wanted to go. We knew we wanted to be creative. We knew we wanted a bigger budget. And we knew we wanted people that would trust us. So then we just kind of slowly made our way in that direction. And I think our, our next steps are to actually get people with they just give us a budget and that's it. Yeah. And then they're just like, here, here's your canvas. So that's, mm -hmm. that's eventually where I want to go. Definitely. Uh, with, with that, and somebody contacts you, elite contacts you, how do you guys go from there? Do you guys both show up to a consultation? Uh, let's just start with a lead contacts you, whether that's through phone call, email, whatever it is, where do you take it from there to establish that initial consultation? Um, so usually, uh, it'll be a phone call. Nick has his number on the signs. I have my number on the trucks. So it's, I'd say it's like pretty 50, 50 where yeah. the calls come in from, but, uh, typically it's a phone call. Uh, and it, it typically now they're mostly from, uh, referred clients. So what we'll do is, uh, right away, we'll get a brief description of the project. So we kind of know what we're looking at. Uh, and then we will arrange a meeting. Uh, during that, Nick and I typically go to both meetings unless uh, we're working on a project or there's something that requires our attention, but we'll split up sometimes and we'll, or we'll do two meetings at once when it's required, but most of the time we'll go together, especially during the earlier stages of our uh, company. Uh, so we'll set up a meeting, go to that meeting, and then we'll just talk to the client. And, and it's more of a, it's not rushed. Like sometimes we can spend maybe about an hour with a client just kind of just talking. It doesn't necessarily have to be about the project itself, but what we look for is their willingness to kind of open up and we kind of gauge if they're going to be a good fit for us. You know, we, we've had our fair share of clients where it wasn't a good fit and it didn't work out and it was an absolute nightmare, no matter how good the money was, it wasn't worth it. So now we yeah. kind of go there to get a feel for the client and then see what they want. Uh, at that point, we'll take our measurements uh, discuss the project and then Nick and I will do the pricing together uh, and then we'll write up a contract and then send that contract over. Usually there's maybe a few amendments before we get started, sign the contract, you know, we take the deposit um, and then, but we often find during the project, there's a lot of amendments or there's a lot of add-ons. So we'll go through the contract again, you know, learning from our mistakes <laughs> Every day, and there's always a contract. We always go over everything together, but that's how, uh, yeah. And then eventually we start building. On that initial consultation, what are you guys asking? What are you, what's, what's raising those red flags when you're saying maybe this isn't a good fit? Um, people, honestly, to be honest, uh, a big red flag would be telling us, um, I have, a, I'm on a budget. I'm on a very big budget. I want to keep it as cheap as, like the word people, when people use the word cheap, I don't, it's not, it's not I, I don't understand where they're coming from. It's just, we're not going to compromise our workmanship for, to accommodate their, their price preferential. No. Yeah. Not to say that we're not open to discussions because, you know, often we say, okay, we can save some money here by doing it like this. We could be more economical if uh, we place this here, but yeah, some red flags are, sorry, go ahead, Nick. Yeah. Um, also a, a big part of our initial consultation um, is figuring out what they want to use that space for. Mm. So we really want to know what they're into. Um, like, what's your dream 
we asked what your, what's your dream backyard what is it like what, what does it entail do you want do you like do you want to hear to entertain people is it just for yourself do you want to uh cook here are you are you big into grills do you like komodo joes do you like um do you want to have like a fridge here like we kind of make that when we give them the options we kind of give them an idea of what they can use the backyard space for so when we especially talk start talking about um do you have like kids and then do they do they like to hang around a fire do they like to roast marshmallows um they say yeah but we don't like uh we don't like the smell of wood it gets too smoky so we say you know what we can do a gas fire pit for you we can with like a bench seating area and they really like <laughs> especially um it's been really kind of a cool transition to um where what kind of aspects to the backyards we're including now like these gas fire pits and we do these outdoor kitchens and these pergolas when we do these day bed swings and all that stuff and we kind of um we have what well, we do cabanas with uh outdoor washrooms outdoor showers um so now we have a lot of different trades coming in as well um so it's not just rock and i we have plumbers coming in and electricians coming in and gas technicians coming in um it's so we we know what that entails like a project that includes all these aspects we know what it entails so that's what kind of um what we've been talking to clients about when on our first consultation and trying yeah. to open up their horizons i guess exactly uh, of what the what is possible with their space yeah, yeah so yeah basically yeah as nick was saying we basically throw everything at them we say hey yeah you can put a good band just so they there are sometimes like clients are like oh that's a great idea i have never thought of that so that's why we kind of pitch everything like have you thought of this have you thought of this and then the way that we um give the quote or the estimate we say hey this is like a menu these are all of your options you can pick and choose what you want if it doesn't fit, if you don't like it, then you just let me know or let us know and we'll take it out. So that's the way we approach. We, we give them everything, everything from lighting to washrooms, anything that we think would look nice based on the discussion and what their needs are for this space. And then they can tailor it as they please. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I like that menu option. Uh, is it, you mentioned uh, pricing is kind of done together, the two of you together. Is there a reason behind that? Uh, and and why why is that? Well, as a partnership, you kind of have to agree on on things. That's what we always do together. We 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 have enough experience now where um, we know. And like, mind you, we always like one of us will always bring up an, an additional fact. Like, okay, well, elevation change here, so that means we have to do more excavation here. So maybe we have to charge a little bit more um there's less excavation charge a little less um like we can't just charge by like a set number by the square foot there's a lot of components involved and these kind of discussions when it goes back and forth it really helps us out um understanding the project a little bit better because it's it's easier on like on a 2d view like a bird's eye view to kind of okay this space is this much but no it's life is three-dimensional and it's the same with a lot of backyards right and um and, and or front yards too um retaining walls and things like that and yeah. um so uh, it, when, when we have these conversations between back and forth between the two of us uh, it helps us understand the project and um sorry Rock, go ahead no yeah that's what i was going to say yeah those discussions really you know it gives us more insight i would say because you don't know like sometimes we miss things uh, so we just kind of try not let anything slip through the cracks by having these discussions and in doing so, we can kind of, we also relate to the client 
you know, if we caught something that potentially slipped the initial conversation. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, like even for um, like, I'll say, oh, where's the closest outlet to the house, like to this area? So where when we're doing our lighting, where we can run the wires from and like, oh, rock will know. And then, okay, so that, 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 makes a, that makes a difference to the pricing as well. Yeah. Like even the smallest things like that. Definitely. Yeah. It's good to have a sounding board too between the two of you. Uh, with consultations, do you charge? Do you not charge for the initial consultation? And why yeah. or why not? Yeah. Uh, so, okay, it, it, it depends. Um, so if it's a referral based from somebody whose project we close and they kind of know all about us, we're not going to charge. Um, if it's somebody that's calling um, that wants a million different uh, quotes and trying to pick out the cheapest one, so what we'll do is we'll charge a consultation fee, um, and then we're going to use that as a deposit if to go ahead with us as, as the project. Yeah, I would so, say. Sorry, sorry. You want to go ahead? No, no. But yeah, I would say initially, um, for the first, you know, however, so many years. We wouldn't charge anything. We our main goal was to see as many people as possible and get our and create you know brand awareness. We wanted our logos everywhere. We wanted our signs everywhere. We wanted to see as many faces as possible. So we wouldn't charge. You know that was during the process where we needed to get our name out there. So no, we were more than happy <laughs> to eat all the costs for gas. You know traveling around just so we can meet as many as people as possible. And now that we kind of. Now that we're more established, we find that uh, we get, you know, kind of uh, people using our quotes against other companies or people using other quotes against us. They're just like, it, it kind of puts contractors against each other. Like, oh, okay, you know, I didn't, yeah. It's like a bidding war and yeah. people want a bidding war for their driveway extension. You know what and I mean? We, yeah, and we kind of want to eliminate that. And we found the best way to eliminate those kinds of situations are to charge for an estimate. It's not an estimate, it's a consultation. Yeah, consultation. And uh, coming to the customer or the client wants to sign up with you guys, where what is your kind of payment structure like? Because you do uh, some, some projects that have a lot of design elements. Uh, lots of different moving parts to them. And you mentioned also subcontractors coming in. Uh, what do you do for your payment structure for that initial uh, payment? And in terms of progress payments, how much do you leave at the very end of a job? What, what does that payment structure look like for you guys? Our, our payment structure, um, so the way it works, there's a very small, there's a small deposit to secure their spot. Um, once, it's, once they pay that deposit, we can start talking about uh, renderings and stuff like that. Um, once they, once they're, cause we're not going to do any kind of free renderings. Um, uh, and then we like to, before we even like start talking about renderings at all, they know what we're all about. Um, they know that they're going to go ahead with us, whether they use one design or the other. Um, so we get that kind of deposit, they, they secure their spot. Um, once that spot is secured, we don't mind giving them a few ideas in terms of, um, sign drawings, renderings. Um, and then after that, uh, we take installments in thirds. So we take a third um, before we start, um, just to get the ball rolling, a third uh, a few days in to the project, or depending on how large the project is, if it's like a half million dollar project, <laughs> well, uh, then uh, yeah, it'll be in more than just three installments. And then we usually leave the last third for the end of the project. Yeah, so we'll... we'll... 
depending on the size of the project, we have to tailor the percentages of each installment. But typically we, unless it's a really small project, typically we do three installments. Uh, initial, you know, for acquiring any, um, especially now, acquiring any pavers, you know, that could be hard to come by. So we'll ask for that quite ahead of time now that we have to order so far in advance. And then, you know, second and third installment. Third installment is usually um, with both homeowners or the homeowner, and they come along with us at the at the final stage of the project where everything's completed. We go and do a walk around all together. So upon their, you know, agreement and they inspect everything, everything's good. That's when we'll collect the final installment. Definitely. And uh, I like to ask this question immediately after that, that one, because so many times the answer is around money and getting money from clients. But it's a horror story that you guys would want to share. And you've already shared a pretty good uh, story with a client, but it had a good happy ending with the client. You're still doing work for that client. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have a horror story that you'd want to share with our audience to kind of shine a light on things that could happen as contractors, kind of prepare guys for what could happen and maybe even put some uh, things into place to prevent it? Yeah, uh, okay. I'll, I'll start off with this one. I, I, this one, this one in particular, um, there's a lot of aspects of, of horror <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the story. So our, our first kind of red flag was um, these contingencies that we we must abide by um, while we are on site. So she she made it very clear that we're not allowed at any point um inside inside the the property even to use the washroom if we cannot use the we can't we cannot relieve ourselves outdoors um no porta parties on site if we needed to use the washroom we'd have to drive down to the nearest Tim Horns um so we said okay but we were very pleasant she said this all with a big smile so we, so, we sorry but I, can I just interrupt you really quickly I'm sorry before uh, we knew so this is like initial conversation this we knew that this client was you know a little bit particular so we're like Nick and I are saying, okay, let's uh, you, let's charge a little extra because we know this is going to be difficult. So with this in mind, <laughs> yeah. And then she has all these rules. Sorry, Nick. Yeah, so, yeah. So we 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 came into the, we like this is what I'm talking about our very first meeting. These contingencies. So she told <laughs> us this before we even can give a quote. So we and mind you, this is a two-hour conversation we had in our initial conversation. <laughs> and Rock and I left, and we like kind of looked at each other like, whew. <laughs> um, I don't know if I want to do this one, but if we're going to do it, we're going to make it worth our while. Anyways, um, it was not worth our while. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we charge, we charge what we thought was accordingly. Um, and then we, we got the projects. I don't know. Um, she decided to go ahead with us. Um, after our, she had, um, this was a, she had a table in her backyard. It was a cast iron table, which is in very, very rough condition. And we were trying to work around it. And at some point, one of our employees left a shovel um, handle, like kind of leaning on this table. And she came out and she let me have it. She started yelling at me, why is this shovel on the table? This, do, you know, do I know how much this table is worth? Do I know how much it's going to cost to repair this table? And I looked at this table and it was, I, 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 I'm honest, it was scratched everywhere. And she lifted up the handle where it was leaning. And there was this tiny little blemish. And she said to me, this is going to cost me hundreds of dollars. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. And then she said, you know what? I'm going to wait for my husband to get home. So I, and I stood around and I let them, I let them yell at me. I just took it. Um, her, the husband came home and they yelled at me for about 45 minutes straight. <laughs> 45 minutes straight in front of, in front of neighbors, in front of everybody. And I, 
And they their request was that to get it finished, however, how they wanted it, it was a cost. They made this number up on top of their head that they're going to withhold $500 of payment um, just to make sure that this table gets uh, gets refinished properly, which they never did anything. They just withheld $500 of payment. And I just, I said, you know what? It wasn't worth it. And, and for, for, some, for a client, when you're taking on a client and you say to yourself, it's not worth fighting, <laughs> it's not worth arguing for it, that's not the kind of client you want to take on. Other than that, we've had like really good clients. We've been very lucky with very good clients. But this one client, it wasn't that just a table. We had another yeah. problem there with that was the first uh, one. The first time. Oh, there's so many problems. There's so many. There she had she had a an we we weren't touching the driveway at all, but her driveway is one of those driveways that looks like a wave pool in the asphalt. Right? It is. It was just. It was probably like 20 years old. Cracks everywhere. And then she told us that miraculous somehow that while we were there, it just got worse. So she <laughs> wanted us to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to anyway, it's just one of those, it was, it was an, it, from beginning to end, it was a nightmare. Um, yeah. Somehow like we still managed to get paid for that project. <laughs> and she still said, thank Some you. It. And, and it, it, it's just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that again. Let's just yeah. Put it. It, you know, one of the biggest red flags is when um, she was talking to us, and this is like one of her higher, <laughs> like she was in a good mood for some reason, because I guess she, maybe she just got an extra $500. And uh, she was <laughs> telling us how so the roofers did a roof, and then a shingle fell off of her roof and fell and hit her outdoor railing. And she's oh, like, yeah. I got the roofers to reinstall, I got new railings because of that. And I'm like, oh, why are you bragging yeah, about that? Right. She was, and she was bragging us. about it. She was, you know what I got out of that? <laughs> Free railings. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The, the, so, yeah. The, one, the one that shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that was, that was in 2017, I think. 2017. Yeah. That, was, that, that was our worst client. And other than that, we've had phenomenal clients. Yeah, I think it ended off with the final inspection. They didn't like any, like they didn't, they didn't sign off on the final inspection. It was after however long. And um, eventually we agreed to kind of, I think they held maybe 10% of uh, the final installment. And we said, keep on to it. We don't want to hear from you guys again. Yeah. Uh, your, 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 uh, your warranty is nullified. So no more warranty, just keep the money. We don't want to hear from you again. And there's just like, okay, perfect. So it was like, it was their goal to see how much really they can knock down off of that estimate. Yeah. Yeah. They won. Right. <laughs> just sever it. Just, you know what, to keep the money we're going. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a great story, guys. And thanks for sharing that. It's uh, interesting, especially, uh, I, I won't, I won't prod away at that anymore i'll leave that story the way it is that, that's a good one uh just a few more questions for you guys as we wrap up here sure. and feel free to spend as little or as much time on these as you want here mm. uh installation practices tools equipment that you live by on every job site whatever that might be i'll just let you kind of take away uh whatever you want to talk about there um installation practices uh we we kind of, um, well, we, we, we live by an open graded base system. So we use a lot of three quarter clear. We use a lot of quarter inch or three, three eighth inch, three eighth of an inch chip, uh, HPB. Um, we use a lot of uh, filter, um, geotextile filter cloths and we use geogrid, uh, all that stuff. And mind you, we, we make adjustments kind of um, 
every year we make some kind of small adjustment. Um, we learn some, whether it be the new tools that come out. So we started using last couple of years, we started using um, like Edge Create or Perma Edge for rather than using our, especially for open graded bases, um, rather than using plastic edging. Um, so we, depending, like we all, one of the things that we do a lot, we try to use as much concrete as possible for certain things. So if we're doing a, an outdoor kitchen, um, we feel better if it's sitting on a concrete pad, right? So something that's a, a lot of pressure, like we, we don't want to, like we can, I, I've seen it done, people put on top of their aggregate and building like a, like they're building a wall or whatever, um, but we'd rather use a concrete, concrete, uh, concrete pad and then use a, a mortar, mortar layer for the first layer and then build our way up with our, with our glues and our adhesives. Um, we do a lot, we do quite a bit of flagstone as well. Um, so we use, uh, it's actually called spec mix. Uh, it's a type S mortar um, and it's, um, we, we kind of live by it now. Um, we have, uh, so we use that kind of with our pool copings, our flagstone installations. Um, so lately we've been doing a lot of, um, a lot of radius cuts. So like we do a lot of circles in, in our designs. If you, if you look through our projects, you'll probably see kind of half of them have a circle of some kind in there. So um, actually one of the things that we used to do was we used to put a spike in the middle, um, measure a string line and kind of trace, tra use that spike as a radius point. And then we would hope that this string would end up in the same way where it is, like, you know, like, like a protractor. Mm -hmm. And we thought, you know, what's a better way of, of doing this so now instead of a string line we use like a like one inch pvc pipe put a hole through it and then we put that hole into the spike so that way it's very solid rather than a string where you're kind of just holding on to one point um you you it's very in there it's, it's not going to move you're going to end up in the same exact spot so our circles just have got a lot better um with little kind of things like that um we always miter our corners now like we've these are the kind of things that we're just last few years we've like no corner goes unmitered and, and um if it's a very 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 small little piece of the very end corner we're actually gonna score it with like a quarter inch cut and then fill that with sand so it keeps the stone together um tighter and it won't fall apart um tools that we need on, on site that we live by um we, <laughs> we honestly we can never get enough string line we, we, we <laughs> Streamline and measuring tapes. <laughs> Streamline measuring tapes and trowels. We love our trowels. <laughs> we always yeah. use trowels. We always have a trowel. Every every employee will have, a, especially every employee kind of um, laying pavers. If I see a little imperfection anywhere, I want a trowel in the person's hand, kind of smoothing things out uh, as you go. Um, any kind of, when you take out the rails um, after after screening, I want to put make sure those are nice and compact. Use a trowel, pack it in. Um, Little those little tools make a huge difference. Chalk, I love chalk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything to mark. It's so often that we just grab a nail next to you, you know. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's funny. We bought like a forty, um, like a two hundred uh, count uh, soapstone container, and there's it's a box. It's like a thirty pound box of soapstone chalk, and I don't know where any of them are. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have it. <laughs> um, well, I, in terms of the bigger equipment, we love our clamps. Um, for for we do quite a bit of armor stone and uh, some, like big natural stone steps. We don't like to. Well, we for especially any kind of walk, like any any step, like 
coming out of the coming out of the sliding door. Uh, we like to use nice big natural stone pieces, solid solid stones. Um, what better way to to lift those up than um, get a clamp rather than strap your like we used to just strap the step, steps on both sides, drop it in and kind of pry it up and take the straps off. Clamps make life a lot easier with those those big rock scissors clamps. Um, even better yet, if you can get those vacuum lifts, those things are uh, phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I guess the, those clamps are a little bit more affordable um, for, uh, I guess, the average beginner landscaper. And um, well, I guess before the clamp, you need a, some big machinery. So you need to get yourself uh, an excavator, or, or at least for anybody starting out, um, I think the two main pieces of equipment that I would get right off the bat would be like a, a very powerful stand behind track skid steer. So something like an MT100 or um, I know Kubota is coming out with a new 1,000 pound um, mini skid steer. Ditchwich has some really powerful ones, the SK1000s. They even have a 3000, I think, that can lift up a full skid, which is phenomenal. You can get something like that that's very compact that you can get in and out of a backyard because you'll find that a lot of your, especially in like subdivisions that we have in the GTA, um, they're not the access to the backyards aren't substantial so if you can get yourself a machine that will make your life easier and then also maneuverable so you can live into a backyard um i think i'd go ahead with that and then if you ideally if once you get your business growing a little bit more um dump trailers dump trucks yeah. um something that will pick up full skids right off the dump trucks um save yourself some money on delivery costs um some of the forks um so yeah we have like we have we have some we have a skid steer with a big bucket and the forks we move our skids around with that and get into our backyards with the we have an mt 1000 100 sorry 100 yeah i would say that's that's my favorite machine it's so versatile the way it works it's so powerful yeah. you can change the bucket change the forks and it's small it fits everywhere i i would say like my favorite is the mt 100 yeah yeah for sure yeah i think it definitely gets the most use yeah, 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 the most hours. Easy. Uh, two more questions here, guys. Anybody you want to give a shout out here uh, in terms of online, offline, have helped you in your business in some way, shape, or form, you get inspiration from? Anybody that you want to give a shout out here? Yeah, uh, there's a few companies that I, I really, really enjoy. You were talking about RC, um, uh, RC Outdoor. Awesome. Love, love, love the designs, especially in compact spaces. I was talking about Group Zamco, um, hmm. and I really, really, really like Preston Hartsky. Um, I'm not sure where he's out of, but um, maybe you know. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm on mute. Uh, Tennessee. I, he's in Tennessee. Oh yeah, I, okay. Or he was at um, least working in Tennessee. That's where that big yeah, uh, that cool star one with the three stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's uh, I love his work. I love his work. I love his uh, attention to detail. Um, that kind of like what. When, when he kind of comments on our on our photos here and there and well i'll, I'll tell rockley hey, like oh, that's cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i want to give a shout out to steve as well at interlog depot he's been with us you know since the beginning and he's always tried to get us everything that we need so yes uh, yeah. interlog depot and vaughn and that's your guys supplier one of our suppliers yeah one, okay gotcha gotcha nice 
Yeah, awesome, yeah. guys. And my final question to you is uh, a big one. What is one thing you know now that you wish you knew from the very start when you first started? You guys can uh, tag team this. You guys can do this separately if you each have something you want to touch on. But what is that one thing you know now that you wish you knew from the very start? I think uh, I think something that I wish I would have known is how easy it is to lose equipment or lose machines because whether it's getting lost or getting stolen, uh, these tools are they're often misplaced. So I would say I wish that we were we knew how organized we had to be and how careful we had to be with people stealing our equipment or misplacing any equipment. So I would say you know invest in a good yard get some video cameras and, uh, you know, hold on to your belongings. Yeah. I think that's a horror story. We got a lot of stuff. Stolen. <laughs> <laughs> that's another, you know, we had like a, we had a dump a dump trailer with a, we had a KC 70 in there. We had an excavator in there. Everything got stolen from us. Um, and then, yeah, it was, it was, it was a pretty big hit, but kind of just didn't Eat laugh it. it off or anything, but we, we pushed through. Um, yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great one yeah invest in a good yard and something very secure security is is vital yeah uh, in this line of work where your machines are worth so much not just financially but work-wise like you're stuck without them um i you do not want to go shoveling a thousand square foot backyard with uh with your hands <laughs> yeah i would say also keep everything clean like at the end of every day make sure everything's nice and tidy make sure everything's clean and organized and um grease your machines don't forget the grease yeah that's a good one yeah main, maintenance. <laughs> maintenance um I, in the very beginning we i wasn't i well, even be, especially before rocco came on board i was not one for maintenance i didn't i thought i just you just ran a saw until it broke down uh, <laughs> we didn't know but that's something yeah exactly we, we didn't we didn't know we we kind of we kind of just had to a lot of what we know now is some things that we've had to learn the hard way <laughs> definitely. Yeah. definitely the hardscape way yeah the hardscape way yeah Guys, I appreciate your time today and uh, all the value you've provided here. Where can our audience learn more about each of you, uh, the company, and anything else that you want to leave them with? I'd say the best area to learn more about us would be on our Instagram. We're on it all the time. We uh, try and stay pretty active on it. Uh, we try and make enough posts and respond to any uh, messages that we get. So I would say, yeah, Instagram is the best place to find us. Perfect. NRX, Can you guys spell it um, out for us? NRX underscore landscaping. Yeah. That would be our Instagram tag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah. NRX <laughs> underscore landscaping. You guys can find some of our projects featured on How to Hardscape. Um, yes. and, yeah, which is awesome. We've we've actually been featured on uh, some Techoblock um, posts and Unilock posts. And we're actually, we have a little small little section in the new Unilock uh, catalog in the 2022 <laughs> catalog so you, you'll find a little uh, a basketball court in there that we oh that, that one was in there the, nice the, yeah it's, it's in there page 151 <laughs> Got it. perfect yeah go check that out for sure thank you for listening to today's podcast episode go check out more from nick and rocco at nrx underscore landscaping on instagram and check out the video that i did with them as well on youtube I am Hardscaper, that YouTube channel. Subscribe to us while you're there. I would really appreciate that. 
and go to members.howtohardscape.com if you want more content coming from us. And we look forward to meeting with you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast. My name is Nick from NRX Landscaping. And I'm Rocco. And? Oh. <laughs> uh, no, man, you got to say I'm Mark from NRX Landscaping. And I'm Rocco. Okay. Good thing you can edit. Yeah, okay, no, no worries. Not a problem. No, this is live. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm Nick from NRX Landscaping. And I'm Rocco. No, you got to say from NRX Landscaping, man. Okay, fine. Okay. Hey, I'm Nick from NRX Landscaping. And I'm Rocco from NRX Landscaping. And, and I, I am, am a hardscaper. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm going to keep that. Oh, okay. Is that All good right. for you? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs>